What does it mean, Messiah Matters? It means apart from him, we can do nothing. It means he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua is the only way of salvation. He is everything. We have to have the Tanakh to know the Messiah. But we have to have the Messiah to know the Tanakh. Without Messiah, we have nothing. Basically, it's all about the Messiah. It's Wednesday, June 13th, 2018. This is Messiah Matters number 222. Looking forward to hanging with Rob in person. My name is Caleb Hegg. And with me, a man who should be looking forward to hanging with me in person, Rob Van Hoff. What up, Rob? How's it going, brother? It's going well. Am I too loud? Is that what's going on? Sounds good to me, but I can control my own volume here. Yes, you can. Don't uh, don't blow everybody up. Um, I'm trying to see right now. Actually, give me a test real quick. Test one, two. So uh, on the radio, people can't hear you. Let's try to fix that really quick on the fly. I apologize to everyone in the chat room. And it is good seeing everyone in the chat room. Let me go in here and just see what we got. I want to put one more. Uh, I'm going to try to fix this quickly. Um, Okay. Say something again. Check. Test. Yes. There he is. So uh, now people on the radio can hear Rob as well. All right. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since I've said this, but what up in Shalom to everybody out there. It's good to have everybody with us. We got people in the chat room. We got people listening on YouTube. We got people all over the place. We got people on the radio. Um, for those who don't know, and And uh, me not on the chat, in the chat room, it's important. That is important. (laughs) Um, for people, even though it's so tempting, (laughs) exactly for people who don't know, uh, this show is not just a YouTube show. This is actually started as a podcast is a podcast. So if you uh, don't know this already, you can go on to iTunes and subscribe to Messiah Matters. And we're on TuneIn. We're all over the place. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you, uh, you know, if you want to, certainly join us on whatever uh, media medium you like. Okay, let's get into some things quickly here. I want to first tell everybody that you can uh, be a part of this conversation. Uh, oops, wrong one. Sorry for everyone watching. Uh, you can call our comment line 253-465-3205. Uh, 253-465-3205. You don't talk to us, you talk to a machine. And I'd like to thank everybody who's left us messages. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here. Who sent us? I think, Hel- uh, no, did I not save it? Evelyn. Evelyn uh, left us, I think, three messages recently. So that was... It's nice to hear people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are getting involved and and uh, using the chat, the, the the comment line. You can also send us email, chegg at torresource.com. It's C-H-E-G-G at torresource.com. And before we get into any specific topics, let's, uh, let's thank the appropriate people. Uh, Messiah Matters, that's this show. Messiah Matters is brought to you by torresource.com. Torresource is a ministry that uh, exists to provide biblically-based education, for disciples of Yeshua. And we got some really cool things that we're trying out right now. We're building some new things. Um, Rob's going to be going to Trinidad and speaking on Galatians. And uh, we're actually building some things around his trip to try to help the people in Trinidad get better connected with uh, his sessions and his lectures. And uh, that actually might bleed off into other things. And so um, we're excited for some of the new uh, ideas that we've had to try to better engage people and to make the things that we're talking about stick even better. Uh, yes, uh, Messiah Matters is also brought to you by our supporters. You can be a supporter for less than half of the price, less than half of the price of your monthly subscription to Netflix. That's right. For $5 a month, as little as $5 a month, you can support Messiah Matters, and uh, that gives you access to Messiah Matters More, which is a special page for our supporters. And you also get the uh, you know the, the wonderful ability to tell people that you are part of the show. Um, and then, of course, our producers. 
appoint as a producer, you can buy a producership of Messiah Matters. And uh, there's all sorts of information on that on our website. And the summer producerships are now available. So you can go to the website and you, you can purchase your producership for the summer. And uh, if you are an associate producer, then you can even have messages read on the air if they're approved. You can choose sound clips. Your name shows up at the beginning of the show and all sorts of stuff. So go to torresource.com, hover over TR Radio, then hover over Messiah Matters and you'll see producership or something to that effect off to the side, and you can click on that and find out all of the information. Okay, now that everyone has heard everything that I say all the time, and I apologize to everyone who, uh, you know, there are our, our loyal listeners in the chat room, they probably get tired of, of hearing all that kind of stuff, but it's important uh, because it's what keeps the show going and what keeps us on the air. Okay, so, Rob, how are you, brother? I am well. What's going on, man? Um... I don't know in which world I'm juggling about. Uh, Can I? Okay. This is, Oh, here's one thing that's cool. We we're uh, one thing I can share uh, excited that we finished. We're wrapping up our 2017, 2018 school year at Tor resource Institute. And we just finished our um, Aramaic class, which was awesome. Aramaic is a language that uses the same alphabet as Hebrew, and it, it's an allied language, so it shares a lot of the core uh, structures as a, a Semitic language. Right. Um, but so the students that do Aramaic have already had Hebrew. So um, for those who want to do Aramaic, got to do some Hebrew. But the last two weeks we read through. So basically, I figured out this last quarter of Aramaic, we we did a survey of. Jewish Aramaic spanning from the book of Daniel. And so, you know, mid first millennium BC, all the way through the Middle Ages. So we we read uh, uh, stuff from the Second Temple period, uh, some from the Jerusalem Talmud. What else did we read? We read hey, hang on, just poetry. a second, Rob. Rob, you're, I'm sorry, you're, you're way loud. Can you bring yourself down on your mic? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, never mind, never mind. I'll do it here. I'll do it here. Never mind. It's all. Per, it's already pretty low. Okay, game. keep going. But anyway, and then we we did some medieval uh, Jewish poetry that was from the Cairo Geniza, and uh, and then we did a section from the Zohar this this last two weeks, which was a lot of fun. So yeah, the the Aramaic that we that we read uh, over the course of the year spanned nearly two thousand years pretty cool awesome so, proud of those guys and then also uh greek we got through the goal was to read as much as galatians as we could and this is the end of second year greek we got through chapter three <laughs> out of six chapters so we got about halfway through the book that's because there's so much to talk about you know as you go on and this you know i it's part of my thinking you know i think one of the the emails we're going to talk about today or respond to have to do with the difference between studying and meditation so we can come right. back to some of this but um uh, anyway so that that's um there's a there's a sense of accomplishment i guess that i'm feeling um with respect to uh you know making it through it's not easy you know we have a pretty rigorous um course listing right and, uh, okay um i'm really really sorry to do this to everybody but i'm going to make rob's uh I'm having a little bit of technical issues, and I apologize for that. Um, what I'm going to do here... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to bring his volume up just a little bit, and I know that we lost his video again, and I apologize for that. Let me come back in here. Um, while I'm doing this, actually, I wanted to talk to Rob about something that we talked about earlier. Here's a crazy idea, kids. Um, for those who don't know, Rob is a fantastic guitar player. Um. Yeah, give me a give me a quick test there, Rob. Check test test test. Okay, I think he's good. Um, so Rob is a fantastic guitar player, and um, he has written some wonderful uh, worship songs. That uh, actually, the congregation I go to, one of the congregations I go to, um, actually sings Rob's songs in in worship. Uh, they're that good. And if you come to camp, which you should. Yeah. Um, if you come to camp, then uh, we will be playing some of Rob's songs. However, 
Rob and I have talked about doing a Messiah Matters tour. And what this would entail would be us going uh, for. I'm not sure if we've if Rob and Caleb have talked to their wives about. We have not, and 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 that's that's okay. We got to figure out if there's any interest at all. Anyway, basically, what we do is we would go to various uh, groups and congregations around, maybe for a day or two days, fly in, and um, there's different ideas that we've had. First of all, we'd have sessions, and and uh, you know we'd talk about the Bible, and. Rob's still gobbled, he says. Hmm. Okay. Rob, uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't you hang up and call, call me right back? Okay. So, um, basically, we've talked about doing lectures, but also, uh, in the lectures, uh, the idea of having Rob and me play music. Um, okay, you're going to have to say something. Check test. Testing. Is Rob still gar- garbled? Hang on just a second. I know I'm going to get his, uh, I'm trying to get, oops, trying to get his, uh, <laughs> his video back. Man, this is just one of those days, isn't it? Uh, we're not even into a topic yet, yet and we're uh, having issues. Okay. Now I just got to get your video back. I apologize. Uh, configure technology. It's fun, isn't it? Okay. There you are. Sounds the same. Uh, okay. Hang on just a sec. Let's uh, let's let's work on this real quick. I might have to disconnect and reconnect. So is uh, it, Michael? Tell me, is his sounds like a tin can with reverb? Okay. Um. Okay. Let me do this. Give me one second. What about now? Say something, Rob. Check. Test. One, two, three. Test, test, test. Um, and if that doesn't work, I'm having to stop broadcast on. Uh... Yeah, I, I, let's just worry about his audio right now. I'll tell you what. I'm going to disconnect from this real quick. Audio is good. Okay, good. There we go. Audio is good. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. So uh, we're, that's as good as we're going to get. And uh, unfortunately, the people on the radio, they're out of luck right now. <laughs> ah, I apologize to everyone who uh, was listening to this on the radio. Okay, I've, found, I've isolated the problem and figured it out. So anyway, back to this, and uh, we'll, we'll move on to topics here in just a second. Um, basically, the idea is we could go. I play the cello. I've played the cello for, I don't know, what, 30 years or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have an electric cello. And uh, what Rob and I have talked about doing is uh, is going to different locations where people want us to go and doing a lecture or two each and then playing some music. It's like a night with Rob and Caleb. Yeah, exactly. A night with Messiah Matters. Yes. You know, have a have have a have a nice dinner, have, uh, you know, play some music and then, uh, you know, teach on the Bible. Anyway, music if anyone and meditation, music and meditation. Matters. Oh, Messiah matters. Music and meditation. M M M M. M M M M. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's the name of it, right? We could call. We could call the tour uh, the mm tour. Messiah matters on the move. I'm being silly. Here. I like. Yeah. I like music and meditation with no, Messiah so, matters. So we're we, what we recognize is that there are little pockets of people we'd love to meet in the person that we've never had the opportunity or we've maybe just met one time and right. uh, would like to come and visit. And and so this is something probably not for this year, but maybe in years to come uh, with God's help, of course. I know I'm going to lose your video again, but that's okay. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, I think it'd be fun. We can share some music and some teaching and field questions and just learn about uh, what different local communities are, are dealing with, uh, what the needs are. And right. if there's any way we could offer encouragement and uh, inspiration and, um, you know, any kind of uh, assistance and clarity and, and direction. Um, what or just, com- a, just a time of, of fellowship and worship. What this comes down to, honestly, is money. 
it comes down to the fact that currently we don't have the money to do that. However, we need to see if there's any interest. And so that's why I bring it up. So if if you watch this show, listen to this show, and you think that that is, uh, you know, you'd like to uh, have some music and meditation with Messiah Matters, <laughs> then uh, let us know. Sh- shoot us an email or something like that and, and let us know that uh, that sounds good to you. Okay. Let's move on to now. Now that I actually think we got the video and the audio all figured out, let's move on to actual topics. And I apologize. I know we've been talking now for like 16 minutes, and I apologize to everyone in the chat room who had to endure, and everyone uh, watching, and then also uh, anyone who's watching it again, and of course anyone who is listening on the radio who now is out of luck. Uh, my apologies. Okay. With that said, let's move on. Um, what do you want to go go to first? Let me check my notes. Um, okay. Actually, we have uh, Evelyn shot us uh, two great messages. Let's listen to the first one. This one's on Zeet Zeet, and I had some thoughts about this. Let's listen to this. Good morning. This is Evelyn Young. I hope you all are doing well. I have a simple question about Zeet Zeet. Um, my husband wears Zeet Zeet, and I wear Zeet Zeet as well. But we've come across a few believers in this movement who are saying that we don't need to wear them because we have the Holy Spirit. And I don't understand the hypocrisy of such a statement only because it appears that while we're constantly proving that Yeshua kept the Father's commandments, why would we then turn around and allow the Holy Spirit to be an excuse not to keep the Father's commandments? I don't really understand that logic. So. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. She goes on, and thank you very uh, I, much. Uh, one question. This is such a great question, because <clears throat> yeah. I think it's implied in, in, in Evelyn's question, even though she didn't say it exactly this way, is did you, uh, we could ask, well, did Yeshua wear tzitzit? Yes. And did Yeshua have the Holy Spirit? Yes. So when Yeshua comes again, will he, be, will he wear tzitzit? It says in Revelation that he comes and his name is written on his leg. I think that's Zitzit. I remember, this is off topic, but I went to a, yeah. uh, a Christian festival one time when I was about 16 years old, and they had a tattoo booth at the Christian concert, and that was the verse that they had. Wow. <laughs> they had above the, you know, like the entrance was, uh, you know, and he, 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 he will have his name written on his leg. They took that to mean a, uh, a tattoo. Oy vey. Anyway, uh, this is a great question for multiple reasons. First of all, I think that uh, we're going to talk a little bit, I mean, not a lot about Gnosticism, but I think that this ultimately comes from Platonic thought. In other words, the idea that Plato has put forward. Um, and then that seeped into Gnosticism, which was that physical is bad. Spirit, like, basically, the, the, um, and the Gnostics... The way that they, a lot of them, there was no uniformity within Gnosticism. It was, well, yeah, not, there was no uniformity. Right, um, it's, right exactly. It, it was yeah. kind of all over the place. But one of the theories within some of the Gnostics was that uh, wisdom tried to uh, tried to do something bad, and uh, she had a, a abortion, and the abortion was the physical world. Sounds weird, right? Um, and anyway, so basically the idea was that anything physical is bad. Well, we almost see that a little bit within the Christian church in some, in not all, but in some aspects of the Christian church today, right? Um, I keep the Sabbath in my heart. It's, spirit, it's spiritual. You know, I, I keep kosher in my heart. It's spiritual. It's not, you know, it's not physical anymore. Yeshua did away with all that. Now it's all spiritual. This is, this is essentially platonic thought. This is the idea that things physical are bad and now done away with and that uh, spiritual things are much better. Well, in some cases, that's true. Spiritual things can be better, but not, you know, Yeshua came in a physical body. He was here physically, and uh, he was it, he was really here. He wasn't just a, a, a you know, a hologram or something like that. Um, and so the idea that we can wear tzitzit in our heart or something, this this has no basis whatsoever in the, in the scriptures that I can find. Is that enough? Yeah, that, I, th- I think that's good. Um, so the the uh, the chat room has made it abundantly clear that it is Rosh Kodesh Tammuz today. That means, for those who don't know, that is the uh, beginning of the month Tammuz in the Hebrew calendar. Um, and so, yeah, which is actually a Babylonian name, right? Right. But it right. does occur. Is you know, I 
is it occur in uh, more than one place? Is it in Jeremiah, Ezekiel? Okay, speaking of names, that's interesting. Uh, and, and the word that I used, the, the phrase that I used, Rosh Kodesh means, uh, Rosh means head. Ezekiel. Kodesh means month, so head of the month. Rosh Kodesh Tammuz. Tammuz is the name, which is given by the scriptures, by the way. Um, okay, so should we should we move on to, before we get to Evelyn's second question, should we move on to Gary's question, we uh, or Gary's comment? We had a comment from someone named Gary in the, uh, on one of our videos, um, from last, actually our last week's show he commented on. And, uh, this is what he said. Um, yes, this is what he said. Are you able to share the, yes, I can. I, I'm going to bring it up right now. Um, it says Yeshua is an acronym meaning may his name that's, uh, well, and then he says Yahusha, uh, may his name Yahusha be blotted out. You two men are liars. You mislead the sheep of Yahusha by teaching lies. You are as robbers and thieves that try to enter the door by another means. Yahuwah created the Shemayims, that's heavens for people who are, uh, don't uh, know that word, and the Eretz, which is uh, earth or ground for people who don't know that word, and all Nefesh, spirits, and sent his righteous branch, Yahusha who is the very right arm of Yahuwah himself. Man, how do you keep it? Anyway, um, for Yah is one. There is no other. No, there's an exclamation point between no other. No, which is all in caps. Repent and return to Yahuwah through Yahusha before it's too late for you to do so. And uh, yeah, that's his, uh, that's his full comment. Um. Now, before we kind of discuss what uh, what Gary has uh, has said in this comment, you know the thing that I thought about today, um, and we've talked about uh, sacred namers before. We've talked about people who, you know, I've I've given my my ideas and my comments on on this kind of thought pattern before. Um, first of all, it seems quite clear that uh, that whoever this Gary uh, figure is. Uh, certainly has never been trained uh, in Hebrew or Aramaic. I think that that's I think that's obvious just from um, you know this is this ter- the theology that that comes out of the idea of Yahusha and Yahuwah. Um, this, from what I understand, originally comes from uh, a teacher named Lou White, um, and uh, Lou White wrote about this a long time ago. Oh, now. these spellings? Like yeah, mean? these these spellings. That's the first yeah. place that I could find them. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Is like, um, what what ha- whenever we leave a text or we post something, you know, we kind of expose our literacy level in a way. Right. Well, we can't. It it can be. That's right? Why I try not be. to write. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, we have spelling errors all the time, um, but. When someone uses it, is insisting like, uh, and then in this example, it's always capital, capital, capital. Um, they've really identified with a ver- with this as a symbol, right? This is a right. um, a fixed, symbolic, um, uh, meaning meaningful name for them. And so, how did it get? One question is, how did it get so ingrained in their mind? Because it's because it's incorrect it's it's wrong it's not um it does not accurately represent the scripture it's actually the opposite of helpful for someone who wants to learn hebrew actually or right. or the scriptures this is actually a stumbling block um and even though the person this gary who's who's sharing this obviously does would would protest at, at me saying that um because it comes across the tone is very zealous for the truth He's certainly and, zealous. There's no uh, doubt you know, about that. We're, you two men are liars, it says. Um, and we mislead the sheep. We teach lies, robbers and thieves. Um, so this person is very passionate, obviously. And uh, so, um, well, how do you want to? Well, I'll just give a couple of comments uh, real quick, and then then you can follow up and, and uh, you know, say what you will. Um, the idea that Yeshua is an acronym for may his name be blotted out is also a misunderstanding. Yeshu is actually the acronym for uh, may his name be blotted out. And this actually comes about 
after Yeshua is uh, proclaimed Messiah. In other words, it's a response. The idea that uh, that Yeshua is a uh, is the acronym may his name be blotted out comes along in much later uh, rabbinic literature. We don't see it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Rob, but I, I don't think we see it actually until the Talmud, which is uh, no, it's not. It's even after that. It's it's we don't see it to the Middle Ages. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, basically, yeah. the, the the rabbis are responding to the the at this point to the Christian notion that Yeshua is uh, is the Messiah, and so they make this little acronym. May his name it's be. It's an attempt out. at uh, it's an attempt at subversion. What they right, call exactly. subversive speech. We're going to take. Uh, now we do have subversive speech in the Talmud uh, with respect to like the uh, Evangelion. The word for the gospel is said to be awan, uh, spelled out in Hebrew, scroll of sin, right? Or there's different examples like that where, um, uh, or the the word Parthenos, which is the word for virgin, is rearranged that she's he's son of uh, Panthera, right. right? Or and they. Pantaras, so changing the, the letters around, um, and then insisting on an opposite meaning or something, you know. Well, so this is a uh, this is uh, th- there are other examples of this, but the, yeah, the acronym the, uh, it comes late. The other two things that I thought, um, number one, and I've said this before, but basically this whole kind of sacred name idea, whether it's with Yeshua or whether it's with Yotevavhe or whatever it is. Um, the idea, <clears throat> the idea that that uh, you know, if you're saying it wrong, you're uh, cursing his name, and you have to say it right for him to hear your prayers, or those kind of things. Um, this this goes back very far, uh, you know, in the mystical and the magical uh, Gnostic texts. Once again, we come back to the Gnostics. They they believed that if you said the name uh, in a certain way. Or if you rearrange letters in the name a certain way, um, you could curse people or you could bless people if you said something, you know, said the name properly. This gets we've talked about the Baal Shems in the in, uh, you know, the Middle Ages and whatnot and and beyond. And, uh, you know, they were doing the same thing. If you were sick in a village somewhere, you'd call your local Jewish Baal Shem. They would come and they would uh, rearrange the tetragrammaton and uh, say it, you know, say things differently, and that would be to try to heal you. This, all in all, is magic. It's uh, it's it's idolatry, and I know that Gary would protest in that. You know, I don't know who Gary is, but I I know that uh, from the tone of what he's what he said, he would certainly protest to the idea that what he's dabbling in is is magic and or idolatry but the idea that you can control god by um by using his name proper properly or improperly is that's what idolatry is is the idolaters believe that they could control the gods uh we don't control god that's not how it works um and a person's heart is what matters we we hear all the time about circumcised heart and a circumcised heart is what matters not the way that you're going to pronounce something um and then finally the last thing i thought about this then i'll throw it over to you rob to be honest with you when i read uh, his his comments and i started thinking about maybe who who this person may be and and where he's at i not just where he's at you know in his studies uh, and you know we, we're all growing. All of us are, are growing in our studies. But um, even where he's at uh, geographically, and uh, you know, as, you know, I started wondering: is this person in a city? Is this person, you know, part of a community? Or, and then I thought, okay, well, what would it be like to be in a community with a person who uh, basically thought every time you said Yeshua or you, you know, you said Yahweh or something like that, you were cursing uh, God? Well. Then I honestly started to feel like it would be like uh, taking Gary's view, uh, whoever this person is, taking this kind of view would be extremely isolating, even if you were in a large city. And the reason why is because no matter what believer you're talking to, you're essentially telling them that they're cursing God and that they're wrong. It's like the cage stage on steroids, right? The Calvinist. Except it's not for except it's not even anchored. It's anchored in. In falsehood, right? In falsehood, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other points here. Is it still up for people? Could people still see it? Uh, or, I can. I, let me bring oh. it back up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, he says Yeshua with the with the A at the end, and that's that. Even if you, even if we were to accept that there's an acronym here, it wouldn't have the it that would be Yeshu because it's it's Yemach Shemo May his, may his name and memory be blotted out. 
so it doesn't actually have the name but there's no i there would there's no ion in the acronym so so the person's already uninformed here um but to the name yahusha that is not a hebrew name right um and it's actually is yeshua and um you know we know that from tanakh so assuming if this person accepts the tanakh um in Hebrew and Aramaic, then we could demonstrate from him, you know, for example, uh, Yehoshua, Joshua, then we call Joshua bin Nun, son of Nun, is referred to in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah, as Yeshua, right? Right. And we also have uh, Yehoshua, uh, who is the uh, son of Yehotzadak, right? So uh, Yehoshua ben Yehotzadak in Zechariah is referred to in Ezra as Yeshua bar Yotzadak. Right. Yeshua bar Yotzadak. Clearly, that's an Aramaic version of the same name. So Yeshua and Yehoshua uh, are both perfectly acceptable names. Um, Yeshua is not what this guy says it out to. There is no person in all of Scripture called Yahusha. Um, uh, so there's a there's a sadly there's some illiteracy biblical illiteracy here. And this, this is a person who has zeal, and I would just suggest that these, this is a flag of someone who got steered in the wrong direction at some point. They had right. zeal to learn, and they had, sadly, they had bad teachers. And um, so this could be a lesson to all of us. And then, oh, and then the Yahuwah is also not a biblical Hebrew term. There's no, yeah, there's no Yahuwah. In the chat room, um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Miria says, uh, "Was Yehoshua's uh, Yehoshua, son of Nun, was that name original? Was the original name Hoshea? No. Well, Hoshea, yeah. I mean, he's called Hoshea, and then Moshe changes his name. Changes his name to Yahoshua, right? But yeah, but I think I'm sorry. I think that her question, and correct me if I'm wrong, okay. but I think her question is: Is the name Yehoshua was that originally Hoshea? Maybe I'm mess." Maybe I'm missing that, but Yahoshua means uh, uh, um, God saves, Yah saves. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeshua, on the other hand, I think my dad's written on this a lot, uh, comes from salvation, which I think, and we've talked about this too, is actually the uh, you know it's a proclamation of deity uh, when the angel says, "You shall call his name." I mean. The apostolic scriptures are in Greek, but we can, uh, I mean, if he was speaking in um, Hebrew, it would be a play on on the term. You shall ca- call his name Yeshua, for he, ha- for he, that is Yeshua, will Yesha his people from their sins. Only God can save people from their sins. And so when it... But there's take- other people called Yeshua. Oh, of course. So it's not it's not that he's unique in having that that name, Yeshua. But aside from that, aside, we just know from the Tanakh that Yehoshua and Yeshua are equal, are totally acceptable interchanges right. for a name, right. and and that's sufficient in, in my view just to show this person, you know, that they, they've kind of gone down the wrong alley and they're going to hit a dead end there with this this way of thinking. There's other things like he created the Shemayims. Well, Shemayim is plural. Yeah, there's you nowhere an S on, on the end of Chumayim. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so there's just things here. Uh, the person's pretty zealous, it seems, and um, uh, but yeah, I, it would it would seem like a person who is not going to get much traction probably doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, if the person would uh, maybe get uh, take a patient attitude and learn some Hebrew from a, a reputable teacher, you know, a, a legitimate source and and go back to the the woodshed a little bit and uh you know there's uh it's not too late he says it's not too late for us it's not too late for him either <laughs> right to uh to get on the right track hey nice shirt I, ne- I didn't even realize until just a few seconds ago that you got like the the color coordination going on here this is the uh stone is this the, the stone yeah oh. but it matches your hat yeah, that's very nice. That was okay. not even intentional. Let's uh, let's go back to Evelyn. Right. Good morning. This is Evelyn Young, and here's my question. 
Is the circumcised heart that's promised in Deuteronomy 30 the same as the heart of flesh that's also prophesied and promised in Jeremiah 31? And that's all I needed to know. Thank you. You want to take it? I believe so. I do too. I believe it's a metaphorical uh, image, right? Right, right, And so... uh, I think the scriptures talk about I would give them a new a new ruach, right? Um, and we've talked about this so many flesh. times. I don't I don't want to uh, beat you know beat the dead horse here, but we've talked about it so many times. The only difference in, in between the old the old quote unquote old covenant and new covenant is that, uh, and when I say old covenant, I shouldn't even say that. But well, I I suppose we could. Uh, when uh, the old covenant is that God tells. Uh, Israel, write the Torah on your heart. And in the new covenant, he says, I will write the covenant on your heart, right? I will give you. So uh, God is the one doing the action. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will take out the heart of stone. I will write the Torah on your heart. So this and, is the, and And this people won't break it, right? Because it says it's not like the covenant I made when I, with their fathers when I took them out of Egypt. It says for, their, for they broke it which covenant they broke. In right. other words, it was a, God never broke it, of course, but the, the new Brit Hadashah written on the heart, it says, I will be their God. They will be my people, right? I will, I will forgive their sins. I, I will not remember their, and I'm totally paraphrasing here, but we know it. It's not going to be broken from this, the, the recipients, the party that is uh, part of the covenant with God will never break the Brit Hadashah. Uh, that's, that's a key difference between the covenant that he says that uh, it won't be like when he took them out of Egypt because they broke right, it. Right, right. Okay, um, let's keep going. We have this one from Helen, who I believe is in the, uh, who is in the chat room right now. Yes, there she is. Um, she says, I am wondering if you have a few minutes on your show to discuss the idea of studying versus meditating on God's word. Are there different outcomes? Can a person who doesn't have an academic background engage in study of the law? Mm, Good. Oh, this is it. We could talk for a long time of this about this one. This is a great question. Who was, who sent that? This is Helen. Helen, thank you, Helen. Great. Helen and Evelyn are both in the chat room right now, and oh, great. Uh, they they they, uh, they they have been a source of good of good uh, questions. Can uh, I in... can I just kind of set a table here with please with this? go for okay. it? Yes. So one one there's I see generally with the wonderful big question is if you think of the big umbrella, there's kind of two subsections. One subsection is terminology used in the scripture itself. And the various contexts that those terms are used, and I have two two for come to mind. One is the verb uh, where we where we get hegion haga uh, to to utter, and that's what's used in Joshua one, Psalm one, Psalm nineteen, etc. And then there's darash, right? Darash is used in the Torah and in the Psalms and elsewhere, and and so those are words that kind of have to do with inquiry. And there are others, but those are two that come to mind. Darash would be the more inquiry to, to seek out and, and make an investigation, kind of like a study, whereas um, Haggah is going to be more of the term meditate. So that's one side. The other side of this bigger question I see as being from, because the word academic is placed into this. Well, right. today, like when we go to SBL, right, there's a lot of people that study the Bible and give papers and write books on the Bible, but they're not part of a faith community. They, they don't have a, a faith commitment at all. Uh, they're just academics. They're probably really been gifted with really um, good, really smart thinking brains, you know, <laughs> and, and high intellectual aptitude. And um, so those, pers- those people can study uh, in, a different, in a different realm, though, uh, than we would in that first section. So, so that's the the big differentiation. I I would suggest we start with in the in the discussion. 
on the one hand, we have terms in Scripture itself and how they mean what they mean in their uh, local context on the one hand. And on the other hand, we have today's, let's say, just an atheist. He buys a court software and he just wants to start studying the Bible right. um, and what that person would be doing. Um, or someone who just uh, uses Blue Letter Bible. It doesn't have to be that they buy a, a, a software Bible study package. So those are the, the broad uh, sections. And I think maybe we could do one and then shift and do the other. Um, if we zero in on the first uh, of those two uh, kind of spaces, the terms in Scripture, then, the, like I said, the ones that come to mind uh, is the verb usually translated to meditate, like in Joshua 1, verse 8, or Psalm 1, verse 2, um, where it says, you know, uh, so in the Torah of the Lord uh, is his chefetz, right? His desire. Um, uh, and in his Torah, he will meditate. Right. So the idea, idea there is from the verb haga, that's hey, gimel, hey, is how the spelling of the root there, is an ongoing um, abiding, if you will, in words of scripture. Yomam Velila. So there's so the meditation idea is and then we and if we use meditation, it's totally fine, but we want to differentiate that also in a footnote, you know, from like what you might see in is it Buddhism or Hinduism or other religious worlds that have in English uh, use that word meditation. So the meditation we're talking about in scripture is not go sit and empty yourself, you know, or whatever, or, or annihilate yourself. That's not what it is. It is a rehearsing and uttering in the mouth of words that were given that are of heavenly origin, right? Words, whether Torah, right, which is from heaven. And this is what I think, you know, when Yeshua talks about storing up our treasures in, in heaven, right, is that you are um, seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. That means how do we discern what is good? Is that we know we, we have accepted the fact of God's revelation of his word in writing. He's preserved it in the world, and it is food for us, right? right. It's literally food. And so, so that would be the meditation. And Psalm 1, or, or uh, uh, what did I say, Joshua 1, 8, the same thing. Don't let the words of this Torah depart from your mouth. Well, we might think, well, go out of it. Mean, it means it's in his mouth. It means he's speaking it. It means Constantly, he doesn't yeah. stop kind of uttering and remembering. Right. So the fruit there is, uh, well, fruit is a good word because it's it's like the waters, right? Uh, the tree planted by the waters that is nourished by the words of the scripture. So that's the image of the meditation. The study, still in the same domain of scripture, I think more of lidrosh, the verb to investigate. And that verb to investigate is used in a couple situations. It's It can be used, for example, where there's a, a report that comes to the priests of some defiling behavior in the camp. And they, so they make an inquiry. So it's not, it doesn't have to be scripture. Doesn't, scripture doesn't have to be object of the meditate of the uh, inquiry. Um, but there's a sense of unknown and they're going to investigate to get an answer. So they can inquire of the Lord. And, and a really good verse in this is in book of Ezra chapter seven. It says that he inquired and he made inquiry into the Torah of the Lord so that, um, and there are many Psalms, Psalm 119 uh, and other Psalms that use the verb darash that have um, God's law as the object. And what it seems to me there is that it's different than Haggah because it's not rehearsing and just, and just savoring and tasting and, and getting nourishment from God's word as it the meditation is rather it's seeking an answer to an unknown so this so i would say the study in in that domain particularly darash there's other verbs levakesh to seek out um haker to search to make an inquiry you know to search out 
these ideas more parallel what I think of with study. And the idea is I don't know the answer. I, I've, I've, I've hit something. Here's another example with back to the idea of the Kohanim and the judges is, Caleb, if you and I had a dispute, we would go to a Kohen and we'd say, here's the conundrum. Here's the dispute. Right. And they would make an inquiry because there's an unknown, right? We need a resolution. But there's something that we don't know and there's some sort of crisis or situation that needs a resolution and we go. And so the, the verb study is kind of appropriate to what uh, that set of uh, uh, inquiry or the behaviors, you know, to investigate and, and the kind of the procedure for doing that, the, the end of which is then an answer. So the, so the, um, Lidrosh is not this ongoing, um, thing. It's a short term investigative process by which an answer is, is retrieved, right? And then that answer is taken as an authoritative, um, godly resolution to the situation. And that could be in the Torah, that's you go to a judge or a Kohen and they, give, they investigate a matter. It could be that there's uh, wickedness in the camp and they go and they do a thorough investigation. Um, or that, and then again, by the early Second Temple period, you have Ezra who's making inquiry into the Torah. Why? Well, because they're wanting to build, get the temple going, you know, and all this, and he has to go and he has to learn, right? He's, he's making um, uh, investigations into the scriptures to get, because they've all been in Babylon, right? So there, there's an element of learning there. Whereas the meditation, again, just to go back to that, is more um, the ongoing abiding. Not, you're not necessarily seeking an answer. It could just, the scripture could just be... Um, uh, uh, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. You could just be, um, for the sake of enjoying the, the soul enriching nourishment of the word of God with just for that, just for the sake of, of that nourishment. Um, so not for, not to inquiry to get to that answer that's unknown. So I think that I probably see things a lot like you, but I'll tell you what comes to mind. I, I don't have uh, scholarly backing for this. I, you know, I haven't done word studies or tried to count every time that meditation is used and juxtapose it to study or anything like that. In my own mind, I think that study comes down to trying to figure something out. In other words, um, right? Can, There's an can, unknown. Of some yeah. Sort. Can, can like you, got, you want an answer? Can uh, can someone who is not saved and or someone who claims to be a uh you know an unbeliever like a like a bart ehrman can bart ehrman study the bible i think the answer is yes now believers are supposed to study the bible differently however i think meditation can mean multiple things so for instance or have multiple aspects maybe not mean multiple things but have multiple aspects to it in other words when uh, you know i'm studying prayer right now it's one of the things I'm studying. One of the one of the ways we can pray is we can pray the scriptures, and it doesn't have to just be the Psalms, right? We can pray all all any portion of the scriptures. I think that that would constitute meditating on the scriptures, just praying the scriptures. I also think that any time that we look to the scriptures to apply to our life, in other words, Bart Ehrman's going to look at the uh, at the scriptures. He's going to study the scriptures, and he's going to write a book on what the author may have meant or where, what's going on in the Greek. Right. That's that second category I was talking about. Right. That's the, yeah, but, but to meditate on it means to not only study it, but then to apply it to our lives. In other words, to then walk in the scripture that we have, uh, we have, we have studied. Um, I think the application to life is what meditation is is figuring out how it applies to us and how it applies in the relationship that we have with the Messiah Yeshua. Personal. Yeah, I, I think you don't have, um, that would be pretty difficult if, if someone were to just be filled with meditating on the scripture and then behaving completely opposite. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to imagine. 
if you think back to Psalm 1, for example, what it, what it says, you know, he, had, he did not uh, walk in the path, uh, in, in the uh, counsel of the wicked, right? right? Um, he did not stand in the, the seat of the scorners. Um, he did not sit, and these are all, right? Lo halach, lo amad, lo yeshav. He did not sit in the seat of, of uh, leitzim. And then it says, rather, his delight is in the Torah of the Lord, and in his Torah he will meditate in the imperfect, yehegei, yomam belayla. And so you're right, Caleb, even Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2, contrasts behaviors, walking, right, standing, right. sitting, right, um, over against ongoing meditation, which implies it's not like the guy never walks or never stands or never sits. It's that he is... Uh, guarding his soul. He's not just going to walk anywhere. He's not just right. going to stand anywhere. He's not just going to sit anywhere. Um, and so I, I agree with you uh, on that, that the, that if, if you have a concept, if someone has a concept of meditating on scripture and it doesn't, uh, produce fruit back to Psalm one, there's a, tr- you know, there's, there's a disconnect there. Um, yeah. So good. I, I, good stuff. I, I, I lost, yeah, your, there was I a, lost yeah, your video I, again. <laughs> what did I do? I apologize. everyone. Oh, real, I don't even know how I did that. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're fine. I've just got to come back in here. and Real quick, back to the idea of can a lay person, I don't remember exactly what it was, but what does it take to study? Right. So I would say, which do you mean the academic study or the like the Ezra, Lidrosh? For me personally, as I started, you know, when I kind of, uh, in my, you know, I was raised in a real conservative Christian family. And then I kind of stretched out, kind of went and kind of went out and did some things in the world. Right. Um, wanted to be a rock star. You know how that is. <laughs> uh, you are a rock star, Rob. You anyway, are a rock I star. had, there was a, at some point I got one of those little Gideon Bibles. That's the new Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. Right. And I just started devouring that thing, but I didn't know any Hebrew, any Greek. I didn't even know really th- what those were. And I, I think I still have them in storage somewhere. Like they're just totally trashed with all sorts of notes like written. And then I, on a college campus, they'd be giving them out and I'd get another one and go through it. But there was this time where I would think, wow, I was Dude, kind of a bold. Bible. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> this was good because I could put it in my pocket. Right. That's the good thing. Right. 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 The whole point is this. It was in it uh, over the years. I developed such an appetite and, and both in a study sense and in a meditation sense that I ultimately it led to uh, a, an increasing drive and appetite or chefetz if you want to use that Psalm one word to go. It's like I need to learn the languages. I want to, I want to, to uh, get closer. I want to get closer. And the translation is like a screen, right? right. I want to get closer. So that was my personal experience and my path with this meditation. So there's, you can go back, and I think all of us who've been disciples of Yeshua for any amount of time, you know, we can look back and we can see growth in this area. And I think it's a good thing with, that someone's asking this question. It's a sign of a desire to do those things, to, to I want to, the Bible talks about meditation, I want to do it. I talk, the Bible talks about um, study, I want to do it. One, one thing on the, the meditation, there are verses you'll find where it's the wicked who are meditating evil. For example, right. Psalm, Psalm 2, and this is, gets into the structure between Psalm 1 and 2, which is, is, is really great, um, that it's the nations are meditating conspiracy, right? right? So the haga, it's the same verb used. So the contrast between the man who's meditating uh, on the Torah and the delight is in the Torah is contrasted with the nations who are uh, meditating on evil. And isn't so now is, is it in three or is it in two where it says, why have the nations risen up against me? So now we see yeah, action. Two. Yeah. 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 So, so again, um, it's helpful if you want to think in the biblical world, how those words, and that could be, you could do a biblical word study like Caleb mentioned earlier, and you could just look up the word Haga. I don't have the Strong's number handy, but uh, you should be able to find it. There's a noun form, Hegion, used like at the end of Psalm 119, may the words of my mouth and the Hegion 
right? The, the, uh, the, the meditation of my heart be acceptable before you. So, um, so there's a noun form of that, but you can go and, and look at the different verses. And I think that is good. What I would call study. Um, again, I'm, I think of meditation as trans, uh, uh, how would I say it? Transferring from where you're actually seeking an answer to where you actually are just, you're just rejoicing in the word of God without a particular quest to, for an answer right. where study would be something that has that, uh, the programmatic, uh, uh, methodological approach. I'm going to look up all like we, I did this with the, with the name Abraham. Remember a couple weeks ago I did it. I right. said, I'm going to look, pull up all the time Abraham's mentioned in the gospel of Luke and in acts. And then I'm just going to put them all together and just look at what happens. And, and it's really cool. And so that would, I, there's a, a, a question I had. I wonder how does, the question was this, how does Luke in his two volume book use Abraham as a tie down, right? right. At, when he, at, to, to tie his narrative together. And there's a really amazing uh, pattern that comes out uh, with that. Now, um, that is, I would say that's more of a, of a study than a meditation. So, uh, I just said probably, I should have said not. Um, so you were talking about your Gideon Bible. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this King is gonna, James, this is going to be confession time for me. Um, I was an interesting kid, uh, homeschooled. You still are interesting. I, I'm, You're still an interesting it's, kid. It's an understatement. Intre- interesting. <laughs> Um, I was an interesting kid and, uh, I was, a That's, pe- as a, as a teacher who, who writes papers, don't, don't ever write a paper that says it is interesting to note that, or it is interesting that it interesting is a, it's, it's a lazy, uh, it's a non-committal, thank you. Thank you. right? You're not, there's no information. You're not conveying any information. With That's it. true. Um, you want to get, get, if you find yourself using interesting, challenge yourself to find a, a better, uh. A better word. So, (laughs) thank you. Okay. Okay. I was a weird kid. Fair enough. I was a weird kid. Um, You know, I was a, I was, I was a musician uh, in, in various symphonies and that was uh, a lot of my socializing was in uh, acting class and then also in uh, symphony was kind of what I did. I was on a hockey team too, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and uh, I was I, I was growing up as a very religious person in the Christian church, and uh, uh, I I wanted my Bible with me all the time. But what I didn't like was that I always had to hold my Bible, and I had to end up putting it, setting it down, leaving it places, all this kind of stuff. Now I'd never thought of a Gideon Bible. I wanted the whole Bible on me, right? Mm-hmm. So I got. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this. Um, I got a Bible that was about, you know, yay big, right? And I thought, you know, I could probably fit that right under my arm like a gun. And so I went to the thrift store and I bought myself suspenders and I cut them apart and I sewed them back together so that it was like a, a holster, or a like holster a, strap yeah. yeah, around my arms. And then I and then I made a little pouch that went around the Bible. So it went right under my arm. I was that kid. I was the that's, kid walking that's around. That's awesome, man. Oh man, I was such a I was such a nerd. <laughs> hey, that's uh, like your sword. That's right. It's, that's it's right. Your, it's your weapon. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man, you got like made it. fun of a lot for that one. Okay. Um <laughs> Jessica says own it, Caleb, own it. Um <laughs> Okay, I don't think we're going to get to Romans. We're not going to get to Romans 13 today, uh, 1 through 7, um, uh, unfortunately. But maybe next week, or maybe we'll make it part of Messiah Matters more. I know that, uh, who was it? Was it uh, Jessica really wanted wanted to get to it? Um, anyway, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about next week for it. Um, I hope that this conversation has been good. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about a lot of different things. It's kind of been a shotgun gun blast. And, um, you know, we've talked about, Hey, do you, do you guys, uh, who's out there who wants to, uh, host Rob and me to play some music and, uh, you know, have some, have, have some dinner and talk about the Bible. Yeah. Food has to be involved. That's right. It could be like, it could be like the, uh, the, the, the Prairie home companion, uh, <laughs> tour of Messiah matters. <laughs> like, did you ever listen to that when you were young? 
I'm okay, willing. I just realized that our title was Submit to Government. I know. Can you well, go and change that? Yeah, I'll change it. I was about to say, this is like false advertising. What should, <laughs> what should, what should it be now? Uh, study or meditate. There we go. Hang on. I'm st Study or meditate. Oops. There we go. Um, yeah, I'll have to change the... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll change this too. All right. Well, we shouldn't... Uh, then we turn to study and meditation. Um, yeah. Boy, you know, we've had a really good showing in the... Uh, it, 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 with all the technical problems that we've had, with all... I mean, we've been all over the place. It's like the most unrefined show that we had. And of course, it's the day that the most people show up. What can you do? Anyway, let us know if you want to see us come around your place. We uh, maybe we could plan something out for for next year, or I I don't know what. We're we're still kicking ideas around, and uh, most of all, what we need is we need you to tell us what you want us to talk about, and you can do that by calling our comment line two five three four six five thirty two zero five. It's two five three four six five thirty two zero five. You can also send us emails c heg at torresource dot com at c h e g g at torresource dot com. We hope that you will be uh, meditating on the Word of God this coming week. We hope you'll join us next week as we dive back into the Word. And do one thing, try to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because Messiah matters. 